Good morning. Welcome. We're so excited that you're here joining us for the Contemporary Worship Service today. We're going to kick it off with some music as we like to do here. Why don't you stand and join us as we sing praise to our God. Blessed be your glorious day. 
you guys, you guys know that song like the back of your head. I can hear you from up here. It's amazing. I love it. Why don't you turn and pass the peace of Christ to those around you? Splendor of a king, the splendor of the king, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, let all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light. Darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God? Sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see how great. How great is our God. And age to age he stands. And time is in his hands. Beginning and the end. Beginning and the end.
invite you to enjoy this hunger walk video. Well, I'm here with Joe Chimbanda, who has meant a lot to this church in leading the way with our annual crop walk. His family personally was helped by that organization many years ago, and so he's been an avid supporter of it. We decided though after last year, of course COVID has changed a lot of things, and we had experienced kind of a diminishing interest of churches in the crop walk. And we felt like part of the problem was that there wasn't enough local uh, interest in, in direction and where it was supporting the funds that we raised for it. So we got a team together it was made up not just of church leaders, but of people in the community who are involved actively in food distribution, food pantries in different locations. We had great leadership from Nancy Chance, who's with Good Samaritan Network. Also Nina Hagen, who's with the uh, Hamilton County Harvest Food Bank. And uh, with, with the team that we've put together, we came up with a new plan that's gonna redirect our funds that are raised from this annual walk to 75% going to local Food ministry here in Hamilton County, and then 25% still going to the Church World Service that, that brings that global mission uh, in, into that work. Uh, so there's been some changes in how we're going to go about that. It's now called the Hamilton County Hunger Walk. It's going to be held at Dillon Park on Sunday, October 3rd. Gather at 1.30. We'll start walking at 2. It's a 5K walk. You can run if you want. And we got dreams of turning this into a much more advanced event, even if being a marathon. Uh, but to get things going, coming out of COVID, we thought this is a good, uh, good way to go about it. So we hope that you'll go to Hamilton County Hunger Food Walk or use the envelope that we're handing out today here in church. Write a check or use the online giving option. And you can either walk on the day of the event in person or you can walk virtually at any time you wish. Or if you just wanna donate, you can give to six different locations, like Noblesville is an option, Sheridan's an option, or you can place it wherever it's needed most. So you can direct the funds that you are giving uh, to the places that you uh, are most interested in. Joe's leading up the team that's going to stage the walk on that day, so I'm going to let him talk about the things that he needs and where you might be able to volunteer to help make that day a success. Uh, Hamilton County uh, Hunger Walk is a win-win situation. You get exercise, that's number one. Number two, with your donation, you will help people who really going hungry. Get someone out there who's going hungry. Ann and I actually, we have uh, uh, still imb embedded in memories of the churches which helped us uh, to bring the family together uh, Anna with the five children from Angola, then uh, through Portugal, the friends from the church helped us to adjust, to adapt to this country, which we are really blessed. So to find the link to the website, you can go to our noblesofirst.com website, we'll have that link up, and we already do. Uh, or you can go directly to hamiltoncountyfood.com and do it directly yes. to donate or to sign up to walk. Hi, we are Pastor Jill and Xavier. This week's gospel reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 13 through 17. 
You call me teacher and Lord, and you speak correctly, because I am. If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you too must wash each other's feet. I have given you an example. Just as I have done, you also must do. I assure you, servants aren't greater than their master, nor are those who are sent greater than the one who sent them. Since you know these things, you will be happy if you do them. We are thankful for the gift of scripture. Amen. Just a little glimpse of my life every day for you. Well, good morning. It's good to be here with you. Glad that you are here worshiping with us this morning. I'm Pastor Jill, and we are thrilled that contemporary worship is still going strong after we launched it about uh, two months ago now. So I'm so glad that you all are here and we're continuing to experience God and one another right now. (laughs) My son's playing a game down there. So we are spending the next few weeks on a series called Freeing Jesus. And this is hopefully a chance for you to rediscover Jesus as last week we talked about as a friend And this week we're talking about as teacher, as teacher. So what that means for each of us in our lives as we free Jesus from perhaps those preconceived notions that we or others may have of Jesus. So I was remembering when I was five years old, when I sheepishly walked into my kindergarten classroom for the very first time. Anybody else remember that? I I remember like it was yesterday. Like many of us starting kindergarten, I was really scared and unsure and uncertain. My son, however, ran to the door. He was, he was good, but most of us, eh, a little weary. But I remember my kindergarten teacher. Her name was Miss Beats. I remember her smile. I remember her eyes that were lit up with kindness and friendship, someone you could respect and trust. When I saw her for the very first time, I knew that kindergarten was going to be okay. I'm sure that many of us have similar stories. I'm sure that we all have names of teachers in our past and even our present who help shape and influence us for the better. But perhaps it is not too often that we think of Jesus as a teacher, or maybe it's at least not something that tops our list of who Jesus is for each of us. When we read the Gospels, Jesus is addressed around 90 times, And 60 of those times refer to him as teacher or rabbi. So that's quite a lot. Most of what we see Jesus doing is teaching. And he teaches everywhere. The temple, on the side of a mountain, by a lake, a campfire, a dinner table, a wedding. And he uses everyday and ordinary simple things to get his lessons across. His students come from all walks of life. He taught groups big and small groups, individuals, crowds, the elderly, the wealthy, the poor, the downcast, the religious elite, and children. Jesus lived and died as a Jewish teacher, as a rabbi. Now Diana Butler Bass, who wrote the book called Freeing Jesus, shares about a time that she was asked to address a group of rabbis. And she was both honored and humbled by this experience. At a particular beautiful time of prayer and song, she blurted out afterwards to one of the rabbis, I want to be Jewish! To which he looked at her with a glimmer of laughter and said, 
You follow Jesus, right? Well, he was a rabbi, you know. Follow him. Listen to his teachings, and you'll be just fine. Jewish scholar of the New Testament, Amy Jill Levine, calls to account the sad reality that both Christians and Jews have forgotten how completely innovative and challenging Jesus was as a rabbi. Perhaps we have missed the point, she says. He must, in the Christian tradition, be more than just a really fine Jewish teacher, but he must also be that teacher. Now, as many of you know, I spent most of my middle school and high school years as a person of the Jewish faith before I converted to Christianity a little later in life. So going to temple was part of my weekly routine. I was sometimes there multiple times a week between Shabbat services, youth group, and Hebrew school. My first real encounter with faith community leadership was through a rabbi. It was through a rabbi that I learned Hebrew for my bat mitzvah. I learned about the Torah, and I experienced the traditions of Judaism. The rabbi was someone who was a teacher, a counselor, a friend, and a role model. He challenged, encouraged, and walked the journey with all of us. He would occasionally get angry with us, too, as sassy teenagers when we would disrupt the high holy day services. That was always part of the deal, too. So several years after my bat mitzvah, our temple received a new rabbi, and it was a woman rabbi. I was really excited, because for me, this was a reminder to all in our community of equality, a fresh perspective, and the need for a role model for women in our faith community. She encouraged me to keep my faith and interest in leadership alive, and I don't think I would be here today without her encouragement. So today, as a Christian and a pastor, I find myself identifying with Jesus as a rabbi in new and surprising ways. And I hope the same for each of you today. In order to fully understand what it means to call Jesus rabbi or teacher, we have to kind of figure out what a rabbi actually was and did in the time of Jesus. So first, let's acknowledge that Jesus was a Jewish rabbi with Jewish disciples. Now, most Jewish boys around the age of five or six begin to learn Torah, or for us, the first five books of our Bible. It was expected that these young boys would have memorized the entire Torah by the age of ten. You think we could do that today? I don't think I could. <clears throat> At this point, most children would no longer go to school because they would rejoin their families and learn the family trade. But the best of the best of this group was expected to stick around and memorize all of the Hebrew scriptures by age 14 or 15. And the next level was called Beit Midrash. And this was the best of the best of the best. And these students would apply to be a rabbi's disciple. A disciple is someone who wants to be a rabbi and do what the rabbi does. So a student might shop around for the rabbi that they want to follow the most. Different rabbis had different understandings of scripture and Jewish faith, and this was called the rabbi's yoke. If you as a student want to follow a rabbi, you were willing to take on that rabbi's yoke. In an interview, the rabbi would ask questions of the inquiring student about Torah, oral tradition, or he might ask, 
Can this kid do what I do? Can this student spread my yoke? Do they have what it takes? If the answer was yes, the rabbi would say, come, follow me. Is this sounding familiar yet? This student then devoted their entire life to be like the rabbi. This is what it means then to be a disciple. Rabbis and their disciples went everywhere. They traveled on those dusty and dirty roads. And students followed their rabbi so closely that by the end of the day, they would be covered in the dust from the roads they traveled. So a saying developed, or rather a type of blessing. It was this, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Now most rabbis would begin their time of teaching at around age 30. So Jesus, at the age of 30, begins his time of teaching. But instead of calling the best of the best, as Jewish tradition called for, Jesus does something different and unexpected. He comes across Peter and Andrew, who are fishermen, and he says, Come, follow me. Just knowing that they are fishermen tells us that they were not following any other rabbi. Instead, they were taking part in the family business. Perhaps they didn't make the cut the first time around, right? But here is this new and mysterious rabbi, Jesus, who calls to them and says, Come and follow me. I think you could do what I do. Author and speaker Rob Bell put it this way. He says, Jesus calls the JV team to be his disciples, and they changed the course of human history. So here's what this teaches me about Jesus as our teacher and rabbi, that he believes in us. We always talk about, worry about, or question our belief in God. But God, through Jesus, believes in us. Jesus leaves it all in the hands of those disciples and have faith enough that they will do what he does, that they will go and make more disciples, that they will strive to be like him. Jesus has faith that we, like those underdog disciples, can follow him and be like him. I don't know about you, but the very best teachers that I know believe in their students. I struggled with math throughout all of my school years. I was terrible at it. There's a reason I went into theology. Now, Matt pointed out after the last service, he says, you can be good at math and be a theologian. I said, I know, but you're smarter than me in that way, all right? Because Matt does numbers all day long. He's blessed in that way. I don't think I would have gotten through math in school if not for some key teachers that believed in me. Even when I struggled to answer a question in, in class or I did not understand a new lesson or I received a bad grade on a quiz, my math teacher would take time out of her busy schedule to keep me in, in line of sorts and to be a better student. She was patient. She was creative in her teaching. She never looked down on me or thought I was hopeless. Nope, she believed in me. And while I was never great at math or never liked it, the fact that I had someone who I trusted and respected but who also believed in me made the difference between success and failure. So Jesus is our rabbi because he calls you and me, despite our flaws, 
despite not always being the best of the best, despite our ragamuffin status and our failures. Jesus is our rabbi because at the end of the day, even when we struggle to understand this life or that we are weighed down with guilt or doubt or shame, he believes in us. When we utter in our prayers, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief, it is Jesus the rabbi who once again calls us to sit at his feet a while and remember what it is to be a disciple. So today and always, my friends, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi Jesus. Amen. We are going to go now into a time of prayer. I invite you to take just a moment to think of the persons and the situations that are on your heart this morning, that we will lift them to God, that we will leave this place just a little lighter and feel God's Spirit working in our lives and in our communities to hope, to heal, and to forgive. We'll pray for a few moments in silence, followed by a prayer, and then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Let us pray. Holy God, gather us in in this moment. Be our teacher. Guide us, challenge us, inspire us, remind us that you believe in us. That even when we feel doubt or shame, or we feel far away, or we wrestle with our faith, we are feeling like stresses of life are just too much. Lord, you believe in us. And so we pray, Lord, we believe, but help our unbelief. Be our teacher. Invite us once again that we may sit at your feet. And Lord, today we bring with us so many joys, concerns, challenges, anxieties, or fears into our space. We have all come from perhaps a busy week and are facing a new one. We come with families and children, parents. Perhaps we are caregivers. Perhaps we are in need of care ourselves. So Lord, at this moment we lift to you those who are on our hearts, who perhaps are struggling. We lift up health concerns, those in recovery. We lift up those who are grieving the loss of a loved one. We lift up those in broken relationships, those who are struggling with addiction, those struggling with mental health. We lift up our schools, our teachers, our students, our children, and our youth. 
We lift up this congregation for the journey ahead, for the ways in which we may reach out and be your disciples in a community that is in need of hope. And Lord, we take a moment also to rejoice in the ways that you permeate our lives that we know without a doubt that we have received your blessings. So God, we give you thanks for beauty, for music, for friendship, for new life. We pray for our community right here in Noblesville, for our nation and our world. We ask your spirit to be among the places who are hurting and broken by violence or disease for all those who are seeking your face. May we remember, God, that you are love. And we ask all of this and so much more in the name of Jesus, our rabbi, who teaches us to say the prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
after supper, he took a cup and he blessed it. And he gave it to his friends and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. The table is open, friends. Come and worship. going to close maybe a little more energy than you have right at this moment. <coughs> Why don't you stand and join us as we sing a song about the Christ that leads us with a light. In my wrestling and in my doubt 
failures you won't walk out your great love will lead me through you are the peace in my troubled sea oh you are the peace in my troubled sea in the silence you won't let go in the questions your truth will hold your great love will lead me through you are the peace in my troubled sea oh you are the peace in my troubled sea here we go my lighthouse my lighthouse shining in the dark i will follow you oh my lighthouse my lighthouse i will trust the promise you will carry me safe to shore Safe to shore, safe to shore. I won't fear what tomorrow brings. With each morning, I'll rise and sing. My God's love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. Oh, you are the peace in my troubled sea. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness. I will follow you. Oh, my lighthouse, my lighthouse. I will trust the promise. You will carry me safe to shore. much for joining us for our contemporary worship service today. Thank you, Cameron, for coming up and being our guest singer on that song. 
We are so thankful you've joined us. We hope that you will go in the faith and the knowledge that Jesus is our lighthouse. We can follow him safely. Go get dusty. Go in peace.